The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. It's 3.06 on this uh, Tuesday afternoon. Andrew Gross. Yes, Jaylen Nye. Did you know that it has been 30 years since the dollar bill was replaced by the loony? So you know what has to be coming next? Well, it's been 20 years since the... $2 bill was replaced by the toonie. Mm. So now there is talk, although the Royal Canadian Mint says it's not considering it at all, but a lot of other people are talking and exploring the possibilities of whether or not the $5 bill is soon to meet its demise. Well, you know, the conversation turned there back when the $2 bill became a toonie. People speculated that mm-hmm. it was only a matter of time. Uh, until we had a $5 coin. And then the other conversation is about the five-cent piece. Of course, we got rid of pennies. And I remember when that happened, and Mm -hmm. people were, myself included, up in arms. Uh, But I think we had not considered the possibility um, that most of us pay through uh, internet, or through, uh, what do you call it, Uh, you know, a tap card card or or debit card or a credit card. So the pennies are still there. Right, you just don't have a penny piece. They're not making them anymore, though. Right, they're not, not in production. Exactly. So they're not in circulation, but you still do pay. You know, if it's three dollars and eleven cents, and you do it, you debit it. You're still paying three dollars and eleven cents. Doesn't right? it get rounded down now to three ten? Only if you're paying cash. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, but should the same thing happen to the nickel? Is it too soon for that? And what about that five dollar bill? And if we do go, and the argument is always that. You know, it costs so much money to make a coin as opposed to one of those polymer, whatever they call them, bills or poly, whatever it is. Polymer. <laughs> polymer, is that what it is? <laughs> and they apparently last... Uh, Plastic-covered bills. Right. They last two and a half times a paper bill. Unless your dog gets a hold of them. Well, there it goes. Stomach acid. Didn't come back out in one piece, eh? No, it came out in many pieces. <laughs> <laughs> sort of a bad investment then. The, um, the dog? Yeah. Well, first of all, should we have a $5 coin? Secondly, what should we call it? Because do we have to keep going with rhymes? Looney, toony, is that foony? Foony? Yeah. Or should there be a name for it that's very Canadian, if at all? Hmm. People resist change, especially big change like Um, this. Let me go on record as saying I don't like the idea of a $5 coin. I have enough coins in my wallet, in my pocket right now, between a loony and a toonie. I don't want a $5 coin. Canada is the only country in the world where you can pay for a nice dinner uh, with what you've got in your pocket. (laughs) I find it... I just don't want any more. Mm-hmm. I don't want that weight to be carried around. I don't I just don't I just don't want it anymore. I there's something one dollar, two dollar to me still seems small enough to um justify it being a coin. Yeah. Five dollar and again I know five dollars isn't gonna get you much anymore, but to me, I yeah. Here's, I, I I'm done. I'm done sure. after this. I, I keep the five dollar a bill. There's another couple of considerations that I think those who make these decisions, and again, Bank of Canada is not making this decision. People are just independently speculating about when this is coming. But there's a couple of things that a Bank of Canada or a government um, committee would not consider that I think are worthy of throwing into the discussion as well. Um, 
One would be that the $5 bill is a little dearer to most people than was a one or a two. Um, $1 bills are $1 bills or were $1 bills. The $2 bill, I don't think anybody ever loved or has fond memories of a $2 bill, but the $5 bill is what grandma sent you. Like the $5 bill is what was in a birthday Get card. tucked in the birthday card. Exactly. Yeah. Like it, it just seems like a denomination that was used more... It's not too little, it's not too much. Yeah. And it was okay for grandma in the day. Exactly. Then the other consideration that needs not to be overlooked is that while it might cost the Canadian government less to make a coin than it does a bill, there is a cost associated with that to everybody who accepts $5 bills. So vending machines and uh, toll booths and Mm -hmm. everything has to be geared to a new coin that doesn't exist yet. So there is a cost. It may not be borne by the Canadian government, but it'll certainly be borne by companies, right? So those are two things to sort of think about as well, I suppose. Well, the other the, the other part, if you're if you're spider webbing out mm-hmm. a little bit on this, is when are we at the point in our lives? In our lives, will we see a cashless society? That there is, yep. we're not carrying around twenties or fives or tens. It's just cash. It's tap and go, tap and go. Do you know? Can somebody explain this to me? Because I honestly don't know the answer to it. Why is it that our that American currency is widely accepted around the world? I I can. I can pay in Canada with a $1 U.S. bill, and people will just charge me the exchange. But Americans will not accept, nor will anyone else for that matter, a loony, a toonie, and they will not accept a foony or whatever else it turns out to be. For that matter, they don't like accepting paper Canadian currency. And it just seems like our... Well, I would maybe because the American dollar is kind of the bar where everything is yeah, set. Well, exactly. Currency is often judged by U.S. Well, right. yeah. Jed's on the phone. Hey, Jed. Okay. Uh, when my mom was alive, she left me a whole bunch of twos and a whole bunch of ones. And I still give them to my kid this day and his birthday card. Oh, really? you still give? Yeah, you're still giving them to the kids in a birthday twos, card. Twos and twos and ones. You got her. Well, what, what do you do with them though? You, you'd have to. You can't use them anymore, can you? Well, you know, I don't know if you can or not. But uh, they save them. They put them in their birthday cards. And, hey, hmm. uh, she. <laughs> it was crazy when she passed away. We probably found about hundred two dollar bills and a couple hundred one dollar bills that she'd save. Well, you know what you should do if you go on to the because my I have a, a stack of old currency, one dollar bills, two dollar bills, old coins, and that sort of thing. And if you're wondering if they're worth any value, go on to the Royal Canadian yeah. Mint website and look at the years and start taking a look at the serial um, the serial codes on them. Well, it's funny you say that because I've got a 1967 $1 bill, and it's probably just as new as new is. And I remember, like you guys are talking about the 150. I remember when I was a kid sitting in front while they lit the Olympic flame in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid. <laughs> That's and, right. Uh, yeah, it just brings back stuff like, like that, right? And I probably, if I look through uh, pennies that I have too, that she had, there's probably a, an old. You know, a 67 penny in there probably somewhere. Yeah. 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 Jed, yeah. it's worth your time okay. to go check it out. I know. Um, and then there's a there's a coin and currency um, store, the one that I know of, over Lendrum area. What is that? 1911th, over by Sentara. Sure. Over on the south side. And, yeah, if you spend some time, if you look, and they're in good condition, depending on the value and the condition, or the year, the condition, the serial numbers, all different things, you might find yourself really? a little bit of cashola in there. Hmm. Um, hi, Ron. Hi. What's on your mind? 
Well, I was just uh, calling to remind Andrew about his appointment at the dentist. Uh-huh. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I keep meaning to make that appointment, Ron, I swear. <laughs> I'll be back. I was, uh, I remember when the Toonie came out, and I uh, heard one time a better name for it was the Mooney. The Mooney? The Mooney, because it had a queen on the front with a bear behind <laughs> See, you know what? As long as we're there, Ron, I always thought that we we did this wrong anyways. I would go for that, the Mooney for the two. I think that we should have put a deer on the $1 coin and called it a buck. A buck. Right? There you go. And then, I don't know, do we have something that we feel is deer in Canada that has a fin? Because then the $5 could be the fin. Salmon? There you go. Salmon fin. Yeah. There you go. Put, put a salmon, salmon on, on it. Fin, yeah. See, Excellent this is idea. this is why they should be hiring me for these things. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Ron, I will make that appointment. I swear. <laughs> Thanks very much. There All right, you thank go. you. Someone, RJ says, let's put an owl on the five dollar coin and call it a hooter. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh, actually, made uh, do, me cough. Do away with the loony and the toonie. Combine it with the five dollar bill and call the new coin a uh, the seven dollar coin a savuni. <laughs> <laughs> a saloony? Sav- savuni. <laughs> By the way, Ron's my dentist. Eh? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh my gosh, Ken! Here, when I was thirteen in nineteen seventy six, five dollar allowance bought a dozen beer. 25 pack of cigarettes and change for munchies now. Now, now the only thing about that... You were smoking and drinking beer when you were 15, Ken? That's just it, Ken. So you were on an allowance buying beer? Something went off the rails on that one. But okay, sure. I remember when hamburgers were 10 cents. When was the first time... How old were you when you had your first cigarette? Uh, Actually, oddly, uh, in university. So I was in my late teens. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Hmm... Do you know how I started smoking the stupidest way you could? Was working up north, and they they pay you up north or in Alberta, they pay you in uh, direct deposit to your account. Yeah. Um, but if you wanted to play poker, you need something to play with, and you'd be up there for weeks at a time, so you didn't have cash. Uh, no ATMs up there when you're. I was fighting forest fires. Um, so you play for cigarettes because you could from the commissary you could get a certain number of packs of cigarettes every week for free. So everyone used those as uh, as currency, and there's no point in winning cigarettes if you're not going to smoke them. Well, Dumbest way to start smoking ever. Yeah. Yeah, 13 and drinking beer, too. That's not that unusual. When was your first episode of your parents discovering you'd got yourself into the spritzers? Or the you'd had a sip of wine behind the school gym? Oh, my, my parents raised us kind of with a fairly healthy attitude towards alcohol so it was we were allowed a little tiny bit of baby duck at Christmas Mm. time the sparkling stuff or a little creme de menthe on the vanilla ice cream that sort of thing yeah (laughs) um I remember the first time probably drinking I was probably 15 15 years old and it was a couple of beer and it was awful oh beer is definitely an acquired taste it was awful yeah um I didn't like any of those coolers. They tasted like medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one time we, we got busted, Mom came home. We were in grade 13, so we were much older. And we were drinking that bubbly stuff. And Mom came into the back. We were having a little party in the back. And Mom surprised she wasn't around very much. And she happened to pop by mm-hmm. and dropped the uh, bottle of, I don't know, whatever it was, Baby Duck or Spumante Bambino <laughs> over the side of the porch. Yeah. And it was like a geyser straight up. <laughs> <laughs> of course it was. Like a champagne float right there. One of my favorite memories related to drinking um, when I was younger was in Charlottetown when I turned 18. And that was the legal age to drink. And my dad and I did not have a, 
uh, you know, relatively close relationship. Mm-hmm. But every now and then he really, I mean, he stepped up as a dad all the time providing for his family. But we were not just emotionally close, right? Uh, and on my 18th birthday, he said to me, look, I know you're probably going out with your friends tonight. But before you do that, I want to take you somewhere. Mm. And I went, okay. So he took me to a, a bar in Charlottetown called the Smuggler's Jug. <laughs> and we, we went into the Smuggler's Jug. And he said, now listen, I'm going to order you your first drink. Uh, I want to be here with you. And I was like, okay. And he goes, it's complicated. There's a lot of mixed drinks. And he's like explaining the menu to me, right? I'm like, okay. He goes, so there's, you know, high balls, you know, there's this, there's mixed. You, maybe you want to start with something like a draft, maybe to get yourself. And I'm like, okay, good to know, good to know. So the waitress comes over. And says to him, what do you have? And he goes, I'm going to have a Drambuian something, Ugh. right? And he goes to me, no, that's not what you want, right? And then she turns to me and goes, uh, your usual? <laughs> 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 yeah, vodka paralyzer. Oh, vodka oh. paralyzer with milk in it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's just all sorts of wrong. It's like an alcohol milkshake, that. Yeah. yeah. That's why you like those mudslides. I do like those mudslides. Back on Don like them, too. It's 318 on the 630 Chet Afternoon News. We'll take a quick break here. Ken, hold on. We'll promise to get your phone call right after this. Ah, the smuggler's jug. The smuggler's jug. It was in the basement of a hotel. If you had a bar, what would you name it? I don't know. I've got my convenience store name. I don't have my bar What's your name. Convenience store name. Uh, Pop and stuff. <laughs> Pop and stuff. Because it sounds like a fictional creature. It sounds like a friendly. It sounds like, you know, Puff the Magic Dragon. That's what it sounds like. Pop and stuff. But it also describes what you can buy there. Pop mm. and, and stuff. My bar is Feisty Neisters. Just so you know. I like it. Feisty Neisters. Yeah, I like it a lot. Someday. <laughs> Hi, Ken. Thanks for waiting. Yeah, I just uh, sent you the text there about being 13 with a $5 announce. So. Yeah. Yeah, beer That's, drinking um, at 13. Yeah, well, give you some background. <laughs> That's my, my dad and his infinite wisdom moved us from uh, London, Ontario, quarter million people, to a town of 500 oh, in wait. northern Ontario. <laughs> place called uh, Whitney as part of Porcupine, Ontario, which is on the outskirts of Timmins. <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. where it is, yeah. My old, yeah, believe exactly. it or not, hey, Ken, believe it or not, my first co-host, co-anchor on television is from Porcupine, Barry Third. <laughs> there Por- you go. Yes, Porcupine, yeah. so, fault, whatever. Yeah, so every, what else are you going to do besides drink? Yeah, smoke? that's and, fair. Uh, yeah, I'd been smoking years long, long before that. I remember getting cost selling cartons of cigarettes in Woodstock, Ontario, and like 1970. Ken, do you ever remember, uh, did your dad ever store his uh, beers in the garage? No, because we didn't have a garage. Yeah. And, uh, but he did try making his own beer. Yeah, I went down that road. My dad went down that road for a time. That didn't work out too well. It just no, tasted no, all yeasty. They're, and... they're, the, the closet smelled like beer for yeah. quite a while after, after they exploded. <laughs> That's exactly right. My buddy, my buddy Dave, his nickname was Beaver. I still call him Beaver to this day. Uh, and he's almost 60 years old. His dad would always buy a bunch of beer at the same time, and he'd leave it in the uh, the garage because it was like it was cool but not cold but yeah. not hot, right? And we would constantly take beers out of the bottom case and then, you know, put the empties back in and restack the cases again. I don't know how we never caught on, oh, honestly. I, I suspect you probably, oh, he probably did. did. Yeah. <laughs> we went to Europe, and my, my parents knew I smoked. But my older brother, they didn't know he smoked because he didn't tell them. And my dad said, I'm buying you a carton of cigarettes because I'm not 
letting you smoke mine while we're over in Germany. Ah, no kidding, man. That's funny. But you know what? Ivor Street Corner had a, a place you could buy your cigarettes and your beer. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, wow. So, but yeah, great show and great memories for sure. For sure. Thanks, Thanks Ken. A lot, Ken. Thanks for Thanks. calling. Take it easy. Huh. South Porcupine, near Timmins. The weird. home of Shania Twain. Well, Timmins. It's weird that I I can't think of a town that anyone's ever said, well, you wouldn't know where this is, and then I go, I've actually done a show there. <laughs> I don't believe I thought, I've ever performed I he was in Porcupine. Say, you know, like Manitowaj or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever have one of those experiences, or any of our listeners have one of those where dad catches you with the beer and makes you drink all six, or catches you with a cigarette and makes you smoke the whole pack, or no, anything like that? No. Like I said, once I was 15 and my parents got divorced, they weren't around a whole lot. Yeah. So we just kind of did what we wanted to. Wow. Yeah, which was hmm. not great, but. So if I wanted to smoke a whole cigarette, I would smoke a whole cigarette. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. Wasn't big on the drinking, though. You weren't, eh? No. My parents uh, were worried about me, but I turned out okay. Hi, Dwight. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Good. Friend. I-, I love your show. I got a great, great story for you about making beer. A friend of mine in 1968 was making homemade beer. Another buddy of ours went to party all the time, was working in microbiology at the U of A. He said to him, uh, Leroy, he said, let me take that over to the U of A and get it analyzed for you. It might help. <laughs> he said, sure, I can do that. So Vern puts a piece of paper in the in the typewriter back then and writes it up on University Stationery, and it says, Dear Mr. Weitzel, your horse has diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good day, guys. <laughs> you too. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, my goodness. Um, Brad in Grand Prairie, as a teenager, I wanted to open a beer smoke shop called Butts and Beer. Never L- came to be. Like it. Uh, my dad caught me with a beer. He didn't make me drink them all. He made me sit and watch him drink them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from Jeff, the perfect name for a pub, Murphy's Law. Uh, that is a good name. Bar name, Beer and Nuts. It is funny. I've seen some, uh, and by the way, feel free to join in the conversation at mm. 630, 630. Great bar names. I loved, uh, there's a, a bar in Halifax called My Apartment, and I it's brilliant in its uh-huh. simplicity because you would just say to somebody, "Would well, you want to go to my apartment?" And if if it seemed like they were really in favor of that idea, you take them to my. You apartment. go to your apartment, and if they're like, "Excuse, well, don't the bar my apartment?" But it's one of those things where it's people almost go to that bar just so they can say, "I'm going to my apartment." Like it's it's cool when you have a, a really good name, and then other people try and like the Omega Bar or whatever. He's like, "Well, that doesn't resonate with anybody." You know what I mean? Like a name should should grab you and mm-hmm. say, I want to know more about that bar. I want to go inside those doors because I love that, you know, that name. Mm-hmm. Trying to think of bar names. I'm oh, I'm, to... I'm just going up and down Bourbon Street right now in my head. Yeah, true enough. Eh? There's some eh, restaurants are the same thing. Yeah. You know, pub and grub and stuff like that. You're like, that's got everything I want. Hey, here's a great name for a bar in Cabo San Lucas called The Office. That's from Dave. See, I like I like any name of a bar where you can work it into a sentence and make it sound like two different things. I'm going to be late at the office tonight. <laughs> Sounds quite respectable. Cover your tracks. Yeah. 
Uh, there's a brilliant bar in, in Leicester Square, London, England, called Brahms and Litzt. Litzt. <laughs> I spent many fabulous nights there. Once a sleepy man approached me and said, I've had 49 lovers. Would you like to be, would you like to be my 50th? <laughs> I told him to, you know what? That's from Claire the Naked Gardener. <laughs> my name for a liquor store, the liquor box. Oh, yeah, okay, thanks uh, for that. Anchor in the current, Bill and Slave Lake. Oh, great bar name for Newfoundland, Club Seal. Nice. Mm, not really. Hmm, yeah, that probably won't go over. Colin's on the phone. Hey, Colin. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. What's going on? You got a bar name? I do, but I think it's already out there, but it's smoking joint. <laughs> and that, it's like a cool blues bar. It's probably in your New Orleans, probably. Smoking joints. <laughs> yeah, that's you know that it just goes in several different ways, obviously. Yeah, yeah it sure does. Yeah, and I was thinking. Uh, someone mentioned the office. I was thinking the library. Where are you going, hon? Just going to the library. <laughs> Do you know what? I think uh, the bar next door to my apartment in Halifax is called the library. Get out. Yeah, I think so. Wow. Huh. Wow. Colin, thanks for the phone call. Appreciate uh, it. Have a great day. Lori in Camrose is on the phone. Hey, Lori. Hi. Um, I just have um, a bootlegging story, I guess. <laughs> how every young person had a bootlegger. Um, mine just happened to be my parents. Oh. <laughs> they figured that if they knew what I was drinking mm-hmm. and how much I had, I was better off rather than... Yeah. Going and finding somebody to buy me buckets of, of alcohol. So you it worked out good. Yeah, there's some uh, <laughs> there's some validity to that uh, hey, argument yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And my dad used to have teacher's bum smokes off of him when he was in school. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what he says. So. I'm sure that's, that's going true. going back a few years. Hey, Lori, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Take it easy now. It's 3.37. My dad used to keep his beer in his closet, not refrigerated. My mom wouldn't let the beer go Uh. in the fridge. My boyfriends were always offered a warm black label beer. I remember black label. Uh My husband, of 37 years, passed the test. That's a funny thing. I I, I don't know if that's a a common misconception, but I've misperception, but I've heard it several times that Maritimers like their beer warm. I, I, I've had that said to me when I first moved out here from mm. the Maritimes. Somebody say, oh, you're from the Maritimes, so you like your beer warm? Who likes their, nobody likes their beer warm. What are you talking about? We'll drink it warm, if that's our Some only alternative. Some are served at different temperatures. Sure. Like, isn't Guinness kind of, Guinness isn't cold. Well, Guinness shouldn't be served cold, right? no. That's yeah. true, yeah. So, but. Although it's delicious cold as well. Yeah. But Guinness is like roast beef anyways it's like you're drinking a roast beef so it's like gravy yeah so no i like it i like it a lot that's one of my chosen beers that was another thing about vancouver by the way um dare i go for it well all these bars normal beer it's all craft beer yes we've talked about this just the other day about craft beer and yeah i don't want a, a blueberry beer exactly like i asked them what they had on tap and I didn't recognize any of the names, so obviously they must be craft beer. But I said, well, do you just have, like, Cokney on tap or anything? They're like, oh, you have it by the bottle. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I'll take it by the bottle mm-hmm. then. But, yeah, so I guess that's, you know, again, that's very cosmopolitan, I suppose. You just One of the things I found um, that I really, and I know that they're doing it more and more here now, and, of course, Stella here is served in certain glasses, yeah. but in, in Europe, so when you're in Belgium and you're ordering the different beers, they all come in very specific glasses. That's true, yeah. And, uh, you know, ice cold 
and they're magnificent because sometimes they're huge and sometimes they're they're just funky shapes and yeah, yeah I love that. <laughs> nice. Stella tastes really good in in, in Belgium. Oh, hey Jay. What? Uh, maybe we can convince Coach to open up a pub called The Gym. <laughs> just going for a workout. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <sighs> That was a that was a fun conversation. That was all all of this day not quite planned. No, nope. you have a stack of stories to get to and different we things do. we want to talk about. But we did talk about it started with the with the Toonie Foony Looney That's right. story. And so I don't know. There's so many different ways we could go from here because still kind of on the topic of drinks, but. But a weird thing. I'm just trying to find it up in the Yukon. Well, we were talking about this early. So the, yeah. the sour toe compas- competition or the drink, the sour toe drink. So apparently Dawson City is famous for this. We've sour had them toe on our cocktail. show before. That's right. Where they put it's this mummified, mummified toe, toe and they just what put it's it in, a, in drink. a drink and you have to drink shot. it. Well, you actually have to take the shot, but you have to let the mummified toe touch, touch your, your lips. Okay. But a couple of weeks ago, someone. Stole Snitch the toe. It. Well, either they stole it or they swallowed it or, or whatever. Jeez. And the RCMP, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> seen that thing? And, and then the, the, the RCMP in the bar had put out a, a big plea for it to come back. And eventually it did come back. About four or five days later, it showed back up. It was mailed. <laughs> it was in. Which doesn't in, eliminate the possibility that somebody swallowed it, by the way. Exactly. It was yeah. just washed well. Mm-hmm. And. Um, and and now they are starting to think that they need to do a collection of toes. They're actually, they need to yeah. have a stockpile in case this happens, because this happens every couple of years. They want to have a backup toe. So what they're doing is they've started a contest. You can actually go and register yourself. You don't have to live up there in Dawson City. Um, it's an Instagram contest. I'm trying to find the website. Um Oh, makeatonation.com. Make a toe nation. So it's all those words just put together. Make a toe nation.com. And what they want is uh, if you go there, you'll be directed to an Instagram. So you'll need an Instagram account. They want a picture of your toe mm-hmm. and a promise that upon your death, uh, that you'll make arrangements for that toe to be amputated and uh, sent up to Dawson City in return for which Mm -hmm. they're giving away a trip for two to Dawson City. So it's a sort of a tourism thing. So they're looking to have one backup toe, but they're asking for a lot of people to submit pictures of their toes. And apparently it's getting a lot of hits. A lot of people, I mean, once you're dead, you don't really need your toe. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) And I, I wouldn't you like to be part of the folklore of Dawson City? I mean, it's Jalen Nye's toe. Did you see a picture of the toe? Yeah, I did. It doesn't look like a toe anymore. I'm well, not even. It's all mummified. It's all. Yeah. It's all shriveled and. Anybody know whose toe that was originally? It, I don't. Um, it looks like a shriveled up sausage. Yes, it does. Like a with an old icky toenail on it. Yeah, it's sort of like uh, you know tequila with a worm in it, or you know, just there's. Yeah, but the worm, you so this one you just have to let it touch your lips. Ugh. I wonder what the shot, I wonder what it is, though. I know there's folks in Chedville that have done this before. Mm. What is it? Is it just a, a shot of something? Is yeah, it a fancy it, drink? This can it be a shot toe, of anything? The sour or? toe cocktail drink? Huh. But anyway, so if you're interested, uh, makeatonation.com. Yep. Take a picture of your toe. Yeah. And we'll see who wins this trip up there. I would assume that uh, they're looking for a big toe. 
I mean, you don't want to have a tiny toe because that the, that's just well, an accident gets, waiting to well, happen. And then once it gets all mummified and shriveled up, it, yeah, it's going to lose some uh, girth. Yeah, so I mean, because a little toe, I think, would get swallowed on the first shot by accident, right? So pretty, it should probably be. I don't think they're looking for the most attractive toe. I think they're probably looking for a big toe, like literally a big, big toe. So something to think about. You and as I say, a hundred years from now, people could be telling the story of like you know what it'll be? Fred's toe. Someone will be sitting around saying, Hey, I wonder whose toe this is. <laughs> yeah, well, well, you know what? A hundred years ago <laughs> there was a competition because believe it or not, someone stole the original toe. Exactly. Like, like I say, part of history. You will legend. be. And I'm sure in this day and age with the internet, uh, the history will all be there. And plus, uh, my condition would be you can have my toe. Um, but I don't want to be in a vodka drink, oh. and I, I'd rather be in a rum drink, and I want a plaque put up that has my name on it. <laughs> Finally, I'll leave my mark on this planet. Someone says you can have the toe in any drink you want. Mm. Um, and then this one says, I did it. You get to choose the booze. And someone else says whiskey. So it sounds like you can do whatever you want. It was Toe Blake's toe. Tom Blake? Toe Blake? I'm not sure there's many guys out there named Toe. Hmm. Toe Blake? Tom Blake? Todd you get to Blake? choose the booze. Okay, well, that's good to know. Well, sometime we'll have to go to Dawson City. Maybe that'll be her next listener trip. You ever been uh, screeched in? No, I've never been to the East Coast. Oh, really? I've been to Whitehorse. I've mm. been up north, but I've not been to the East Coast. I, I've been screeched in many times. That's when you have to kiss the cod. But I um, like screech. You kiss the cod good. and drink something, and I can't remember what all you have to do. It wasn't until about my fifth time that somebody said you only need to be screeched in once. <laughs> like, well, now you tell me. <laughs> I'll have to Google that. You screech, you screech the cod. You kiss the cod, drink the drink. There's, I think, one other thing you have to do. I can't recall. Screech's got a bad rap. Um, Screech is good. Yeah, it's just dark rum. Yeah. Well, I mean, the stuff that they bottle and sell is dark rum. Real screech, though, is... You know, the acid from the the barrel. <laughs> it's a little different. It's funny how different places have all these like, little different traditions when mm-hmm. it comes, whether it's kissing the cod. Is that just a, is that a, a Halifax thing? No, that's a, that's a Newfoundland thing. a Newfoundland thing? thing? Yeah. Screech is used, screeching in. The uh, It's an optional ceremony performed on non-Newfoundlanders uh, involving a shot of screech, a short... Oh, yeah, right. You have to recite something, and then you have to kiss the cod. Hmm. Is it a fresh cod? Um, Do they bring a new cod in every night? I'd, well, I don't think it's the same cod. Like, it's not the, like this toe thing up in Dawson City. I think, yeah, they just bring a cod in. They're, they're fairly plentiful out there. And you have to wear, uh, typically they make you wear one of those hats, too. You know, those mm. southwestern, you know what I'm talking about, the yellow rain hat? Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Hmm. Boy, our textures are just really on top of things today. <laughs> uh, it's 3.48 on the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. We were talking about being screeched in. That's right. Uh, in Newfoundland, we were talking about the sour toe uh, thing. Cocktail. In, in Dawson City, where That's you right. actually take a drink and the mummified toe has to touch your lips. Mm. And now they are looking for more toes. That's right. Because it tends to get snitched. <laughs> well, it, got, it put them into a panic when it went missing. So they yeah. want to have a backup toe now. Totally get it. <laughs> you need you need a backup toe. I think that's why we have two. Hey, Dominic. Hello. What's going How are on, David? Oh, not much. How are things with you? Good. Really good. Good. Um, I got to tell you a little story. Uh, uh, in 1990, I went to uh, Washington D.C. on a hockey tournament, and we went to this uh, um, bar or um, drinking place, I guess. 
and the name of the bar was called the Penalty Box. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it was owned by an ex-NHL player. Oh. And I believe his name was uh, Tom Watson. Oh, okay. This, this was 1990 when I went, so it's been a long time. But I, I believe it was Tom Watson who was the name of the player. Tom Watson. And I know there was a we Tom Watson. We were all dressed in our uh, golfer. jackets with a, 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 a team's name and stuff like that. And once he found out that he was, you know, we were from Edmonton, he was just excited as hell. So he uh, brought us a whole bunch of free drinks and pizza and chicken wings. Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. So another thing, you were talking about uh, uh, people smoking and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, in, in our family, there was uh, seven uh, of us, including mom and dad, of course. And out of the seven people, everybody smoked except myself. Mm. And I remember when I was young, my older brother started smoking, and my dad caught him smoking. So what my dad did, he took a cigarette away, of course, stuffed it, threw it on the ground, and uh, reached. my dad smoked, reached in his pocket, grabbed the cigarette, and gave it to my brother. And told him to eat the cigarette, tobacco. Eat them? Uh, he had, to, he had uh. to chew on that tobacco, and it was gross, I guess. Because later, after, you know, dead body had enough of him and tried to punish him, he, I asked my brother, how did that cigarette taste? He says, it was awful. But he continues smoking anyway. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ugh. Hmm. Dominic, thanks for the phone call. I have to check out the the penalty box in Washington D.C. if we're ever there. You know the worst taste in the world, and I don't think there's a taste that can trump this one. Is back in the day when you could smoke in bars, and somebody would have a beer, uh, like a beer bottle, and everyone would use it as an ashtray, mm. and then you would accidentally take a swig. Take a swig of that. That oh, how that, how I was able to do either drink beer or smoke after that, I have no idea. It is the worst taste in the world. Yeah, and usually what your mouth tasted like the next morning, regardless. A lot of times, yeah. <laughs> but just to, when you're not expecting it. Oh yeah, that's brutal. Yeah, the taste plus the feel, right? Because suddenly you've got lumps of you something have in your mouth. Toe on exactly, your... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Screeched in a few years ago at my in-laws in Springdale, Newfoundland. Fresh God gave him a smooch, then we chopped his head off and cooked him up. The rum is great, made in Jamaica, says Melissa. Hmm. Hmm. Some people uh, suggesting what the words are you have to say to be screeched in, and apparently we can't say them on AM radio. So, okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Note to self, okay. Uh, hey, while we're talking about uh, parts of Canada and tourism, probably should mention this as well, and you and I have had this conversation, so I don't want to have it again, but I think it's worthy of bringing up right now, about uh, traveling through Banff, traveling through Jasper, and the wildlife that you see, um, and the opportunities that are there to take pictures. Uh, article uh, in, a, in the paper, a Calgary area photographer uh, says that he witnessed an individual, a tourist, to uh, Banff National Park attempting to basically get a selfie with a grizzly bear. So he got mighty close to the grizzly bear. He did. Apparently there was 20 or 30 people. They had gathered to look at this grizzly bear. Several several of them, you know, that sort of mob mentality started getting a little closer uh, when this one person just suddenly walked straight towards the bush to get an up-close uh, photo, stopping just a handful of meters away from the grizzly. So just to repeat, Parks Canada routinely advises visitors 
Keep your distance from wildlife. Uh, last month, in fact, they launched a new awareness campaign with public notices throughout Banff. Visitors are asked to stay 30 metres away from elk, deer, bighorn sheep and mountain goats when taking photos. And for bears, wolves and cougars, Park Canada advises uh, 100 metres away. They're very unpredictable animals. And fast. And fast and furious. And it's just really funny that I, I get it. Like, I... You know, and I've seen it too, even even like down in Mexico and you see a dog and my kids right away, oh, look, there's a dog. And I'm like, don't touch the freaking dog. Like, we don't know that, that that's a friendly dog. We don't know that that dog's had any shots. Like, you don't know what that dog is going to do, right? And in the case of wildlife in our parks up here, not only do we not know what they're going to do, and nor can we predict it, but we also don't know what the outcome will be if they do something. If that grizzly is spooked, and takes a swing at or attacks in any way that photographer, it's going to get destroyed. Mm -hmm. Or if it becomes too um, comfortable with humans, it's going to get destroyed. Right, right. It's a grizzly bear. Everyone thinks that I... uh, Not everyone, of course. It's not a petting zoo. Right, it's not a petting zoo. It's not a zoo, period. It's not... These are not tame or domesticated animals. These are actually wild animals. That is the appeal of our national parks, that they're full of wild animals. I'd like to think that it's all just tourists. You'd like to think that. But I know it's not. Mm -hmm. But I guess all of us who go to the parks are tourists in the national parks. But I've seen all sorts of folks, you know, with license plates from Alberta. Yeah. From BC, from Saskatchewan, who should know all all of these things. I got rammed by a bison once. And I didn't even know the bison was behind me. It was behind a fence. I think it was Elk National Park or Elk Island. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was leaning against the fence. I think it was on a school trip, in fact, as a chaperone. So I failed miserably in that role. Mm-hmm. But I was leaning on the fence to get a picture. Somebody's going to take a picture of me. And he didn't like that. Give you a little love tap. Yeah, he did give me a little love tap. Oh, there they've got very impressive heads. They're massive heads. Yeah, yeah, with a pea-sized brain. Like all he saw was that guy's leaning on my fence. He punted me out of there. Like literally, the kids told me he didn't even take a run at you. Like he just walked over, which is why I didn't hear him, and just (laughs) boom. Lesson learned. The penalty box in Washington, D.C. was owned by Bugsy Watson. There you go. Brian Bugsy Watson, who was once an assistant coach with the Edmonton Oilers. Oh, there you go. Okay, Timothy. Hello, Timothy. Hello, Jalen. How are you? Good. What's going on? Oh, not much. I'm, I figure I'd call you, give me two cents in since sure. from the Maritimes. <laughs> As am I, my friend. Yeah, where are you from, Andrew? I'm from Charlottetown. I'm from Falmouth-Hans County. Oh, there you go. So you know where it's at? I do. Okay, I got a couple jokes for you. All right. <laughs> Think about what I'm asking you first before you answer it. Oh, okay, I'm scared just, already. Let's make sure that these are okay for AM radio. Yeah, family friendly? They are. They right. are. Okay. Where are you originally from? Uh, where am I originally from? Winnipeg. Can I call you a liar? Uh, you, no. But I can. <laughs> well, I, said, I said, where are you originally from? Right. Your parents, silly. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, they were in Winnipeg at the time, so we're both right. Okay. <laughs> so how's the day going with the Newfie Screech? Uh, well, we don't have any Newfie Screech here right now. We've been talking about it, though. Yeah, I hear that. I, I listen to you guys all day downstairs. Uh, I'm glad you do. I'm absolutely glad you do. Do you happen to have any? You're a Maritimer <laughs> yourself. Do you happen to have any Screech on hand? No. Uh, I don't. Do they sell it in liquor stores in Alberta? 
Yeah, they do. No way. Yeah. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna screech uh, Jalen Nye in next week. Okay. So be listening every day. Where, where, where are you going to get a cod from? Uh, Safeway. <laughs> <That's expensive. laughs> yeah, probably. How about a, well, no, not a sardine. They're stinky. <laughs> no, no, it's got to be a Timothy, be a thanks for the phone call. Appreciate it. you got to find a cod or at least a you know, hunk of cod. I'll have to download whatever oh. it is you're supposed to say yeah, as that, well. The yellow, that boiled yellow cod with a big hunk of bread with butter on it. I don't know too much about that. I know that in one of the screeching ceremonies, the cod was alive. Like, they brought it out in a bucket. And it's flapping all over the place, mm. and I kissed it. And then other times it was, like, packaged in styrofoam. So I'm not sure if there's a rule to this at all. <laughs> well, while you figure that out, yes. we're going to take a break for the 4 o'clock news. Sounds good. On the other side, we'll have, uh, well, business. Yes. Morley Scott. Right. And Queen tickets. <laughs> Excellent. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.